Hobbies are supposed to be made for fun, not for murder. Welcome to Crime Over Cocktails. My name's Tiffany and I'm the host. So today I want to talk about Amanda Taylor. I just wanted to put a warning out there in the beginning that just in case is if anyone had any like triggers or anything like that, that this may not be the episode for you. So I just wanted to give you fair warning. I decided that I wanted to have a dirty Shirley with this episode. Don't judge me. <laughs> I still like them. <laughs> Love me a Shirley Temple, just to add a little vodka. Amanda Taylor grew up in Florida with her mother, and she didn't exactly have an easy life. She actually never met her father, and her mom was an alcoholic so bad at the age of 11 that her uncle, Matthew, decided to take her home with him, and he lived in Christianburg, Virginia. When she moved to Virginia, she was able to have a normal life. She had friends. She went to school. She was getting good grades. She met her best friend, Mariah Roebuck, while at school, and they were inseparable from that point on. If you saw one, you saw the other. Mariah introduced her to another friend of hers, Rex Taylor. He was two years older than Amanda, but there was an instant attraction. They also had many things in common, like they shared the same birthday. They were both obsessed with horror, horror films, nasty, gruesome pictures, they were just obsessed with murder and killings and serial killers. So the three of them would just kind of sit around and watch horror movies all day. They loved the gore, the effects. They even had joined a community online that was everything horror. They were also talking with serial killers and was part of a serial killer fan club. Do y'all know that existed? Because I did not. <laughs> so... Amanda ended up getting pregnant in the 10th grade and dropped out of high school. By March of 2014, they were already married for nine years and had two children, six-year-old Damien and 17-month-old Dela. Amanda's a loving mother. She likes to spend time with her kids. She likes to take them places, post pictures on social media. She just loved being a mother, and she loved being with her family. But about eight years into the marriage, Rex was starting to get very depressed. He used to battle with depression in years before, but it seemed as if it was coming back. And he he just seemed to like always look like he was in pain. You you could see the pain on his face. He wanted to be there for the family, but he, he just doesn't know how to shake it off. So he decides he's going to go and turn to his dad, try to get some good fatherly advice, see if his dad knows what he can do to try to shake off all this depression, how to get back to his normal self. So he goes and sees his father, Charlie Taylor. Now, Charlie tried to be the best dad he could be, but unfortunately, he had demons of his own that he was fighting. He was taking pain meds for an injured back for something that happened at work, but it was obvious that it became to the point where he, he was now abusing them. He was taking more than he should. You know, he's zonked out. So when Rex shows up looking for help, his father helps him really the only way that he even knows how to help. So he gives him a pain pill and said, now just relax. Rex at first did not want to take this. He's like, no, no, I'm not doing pills, this and that. But, you know, he was just so desperate. His father promised it would make him feel better. So he trusted him and he took it. 
Before long, Rex is now also addicted to the pain medication and is also drinking heavenly on top of that. Amanda is not happy because now he's either drunk or high all the time and constantly begging him to just stop. Please stop. Go get help. You know, I need you. Kids need you. Stuff like that. You know, like clearly one person can't do it all. He promised to get sober but it was a promise he couldn't keep. So Amanda decides, you know what? I'm done. She takes the kids and she goes to her mother's house. He's a mess, begging her not to leave and that he will change. But she's heard it before. And she said, you know what? This time, no, you're not going to tell me. You're going to show me. You're going to have to show me that you can get sober and get clean. In August of 2014, Amanda was giving her son, Damien, a birthday party. It was his seventh birthday. Amanda even decided she she invited Rex to come so he could see his kids for a few hours. But after time's going on, she's realizing he's, he's not there. They try to call him. He's not answering the phone. It's very odd. Even his mother kept calling him to see where he was, but he's not answering. And she just felt something's wrong. I got to go check it out. So she actually leaves the party and then heads over. She goes to the side door. She found him in the garage on his knees with a rope around his neck. He had hanged himself on his son's seventh birthday. Amantha is devastated. Rex was her life. She couldn't stop crying for days. She got so depressed. People were starting to get really worried about her to the point where she wasn't even taking care of her kids anymore. She couldn't get out of the bed. Her parents had to start taking care of the kids because she was just going deeper and deeper. So Mariah comes over one day and to see how she's doing. And Amanda was looking online at some videos. So she called her over to look at him and Mariah was, I guess you could say, shocked. It was videos of people hanging themselves. She asked, like, why are you do why are you watching this? Why are you doing this to yourself? And she just told her, like, hey, relax. And then she would ask, which one do you think is the most relatable to Rex? Mariah's scared. She's like, okay, this is taking a creepy turn. Her obsession just grows and grows and grows. Amanda starts going into chat rooms, looking for another twisted soul and ends up meeting Sean Ball, who claims to be ex-military in the Navy and has pictures all over the social media of graphic photos from war or ones that he just kind of thought were cool. So she sent him a message asking him, like, did you actually kill anybody? And she wanted to hear all the gory details. So she decides to bring her over to Mariah's house for a horror film marathon. It was obvious that Sean was smitten with Amanda, and he was trying to impress her. Some of the friends that were there also remember him telling her things, like, I can rip a man's head off with my bare hand. And that she just looked at him like, oh my god. (laughs) Your dream man. So, coming up on March 27, 2015, it was Rex and Amanda's birthday. And this, this is the first one since his death. She told Mariah, you know, I I don't know if I can handle it. I'm not sure I can make it. And she's telling her, you know, you can and you will. You're going to be fine. We're here. They go to his grave and she just drops to her knees 
she's crying, she's cleaning off the leaves on his grave, just saying, like, I love you, and then she just snaps. She puts a knife that she had in her purse and puts it up to her throat, screaming, I want to be with Rex, why won't you let me be with him? Her friends are able to get the knife away from her, but they are all freaking terrified. They didn't understand how it went from like zero to 100 or real quick. I mean, I'm sure they knew she was going to be some kind of emotional, especially because she was drinking on the way there. But, you know, they didn't expect her to do anything like that. And especially because when they went to try to get the knife from her, she started almost lash out back at them. So her uncle gets involved again and puts her in a five-day program in Redford, Virginia under suicide watch. They will only release her to a responsible adult. Well, after her 48 hours, she's ready to leave. And she tries to call Mariah. Mariah's like, nope. She calls her mom, begs her mom, nope. Calls her uncle, nope. So they all want her to stay and get the help that she needs. She, she needs to fight these demons that she's going through or she's never going to heal. But she knows there is one person that will come get her. Sean Ball. As soon as she takes off with Sean, she gets on her social media account and says, when this monster entered my brain, I will never know, but it's here to stay. They go to a hotel to try to figure out what's the next step. Amanda says, I want Charlie dead. He's the one who gave him the pills. If it wasn't for him, Rex would still be alive. Without any hesitation, Sean gets up and he said, I got this. Got the keys to his Jeep and took off. When he came back, he had a gun and more than the necessary amount of ammo. To her, like, this is her knight in shining armor. She got all excited. Let's go get him. So on April 5th, 2015, Amanda and Sean head over to Charlie's house. Charlie, of course, lets him in and he's a bit of a mess. He's crying and tells them that he's been thinking about you know, hanging himself too, and that he doesn't want to be without him. I wanted to be a good daddy. Amanda slowly takes the knife, and as soon as it turned 3.27 p.m., she attacked him with the knife, stabbing him more than 30 times, and stole money out of his wallet, which only ended up being a few hundred dollars. But turns out they were not alone in the house. Charles takes care of his disabled father. He is bedridden in the bedroom in the back of the house. When the cops arrive, they speak to the father and he tells them that he recognized one of the people and that it was Amanda with an unknown male. When they try to trace Amanda's phone, they notice that she had removed the SIM card. That way that they can't track her location and she's untraceable. So then they head over to her socials to see what they can find out about her. And at first glance, it looks like she's a loving mom. There's a picture of her with the kids. And just as they're sitting there looking... A picture pops up with her and the biggest smile on her face while holding up a knife with blood running down it and Charles' dead body behind her in the picture. Captions read, I truly love my kids, but this is for Rex. They end up in Gatlinburg, Tennessee at another hotel. Amanda wants to know how many rounds of ammo they have. And Sean's like, yeah, enough. And she's like, all right, I want to kill every man over the age of 60. She's out for blood now, and she did not have a care in the world. While they're there, police now know who she is, and they start to look at Sean's socials, and they are horrified by what they find. They find pictures of people getting raped, murder, decapitations. They even thought that this may end up worse than expected. They're not going to stop. 
they're going to become serial killers. And Sean's starting to have second thoughts. You know, he he was just doing this to win her over and impress her. But now she's, she's trying to go all out. And even though he said he was down for all the bloodshed, I think he was really ready to call it quits after Charles. He kept telling her that they just need to lay low. But Amanda's mind was made up. She she wasn't having it. I think Amanda could also feel that he was starting to back out. So she decides, let's go for a drive. And as they're driving, she's like, you know what? You're going to prove it to me. You're going to prove to me that you are in this with me, that we're in this together. So she eyes a jogger and says, I'm going to go get her and bring her back to the car. When I get here, you fucking shoot her in the face and we drive off. So she actually gets out of the car, runs after the jogger. Jogger starts heading back to the car. Sean backs out. So he, he won't even roll down the window. So the lady's like looking at him. And you have Amanda who's like probably glaring at him at this point. And the lady's just like, okay, and walks away. <laughs> kind of random, but thank God, Sean, he backed out. But that had to be such an odd encounter. So now Amanda is pissed. She drives a little bit further and then pulls over. She walks around the Jeep, pulls Sean out onto the ground and said, I used you for your car and guns and I hope you die. And then she shoots him twice, gets in his Jeep and fucking leaves him there. She is now alone and on the run. But while trying to get back home, she realized that she's lost. She has no clue where she's going. So instead of asking a stranger or going to store something, you're going to love this, she calls the police. <laughs> and she warns them that the answering officer better not even think about coming to look for her you know don't you dare come looking for me so the officer decides to talk to her as if he's actually concerned for her you know what honey let me bring you back home are you okay what can i do for you and it works. She told him I'm lost and I need your help getting back to Virginia. So he works with her to try to figure out where she is and then realizes she had made it all the way to North Carolina. So he's able to track down where she's at in North Carolina and he sends officers to her location and they take her into custody. They were able to retrace her steps and then found Sean's body and he's actually still alive. He was shot in the jaw, which came out through the neck and into his shoulder. Back at the police station, after Amanda is in the interrogation room, I might want to redo that. Back at the police station, Amanda's in the interrogation room, and she makes a chilling statement. She tells them that, yeah, I killed him at 327 on purpose, since it was their birthday and it was symbolic to her. She said, ever since she's been watching all those horror films and looking at the pictures she said that you could tell the people who took lives held power and she wanted to have that power over charlie's life she recalled stabbing him and told them that she thinks she got him in the face and that sean is the one who had the crowbar sean went to the hospital was treated for his injuries and then of course off to jail he went he got 41 years and Amanda received life without parole. Her children are now with her mother being raised. And just this whole situation is sad. You know, if you know somebody who has an addiction or anything like that, try to get them help. Get yourself help. There's people out there to help you.
organizations, helplines. Shoot, shoot me a line. I'll talk with you. One of the things that kind of bothered me in this, you know, it's sad enough when somebody decides to do that, but to do it on your child's birthday, I don't know. I think that that made me most upset just because, you know, he's so young and he's going to remember that for every birthday for the rest of his life. And that's a shame. Well, perfect timing. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple, or anywhere that you like to listen to your favorite podcasts. If you would like to help support the show, please head over to Crime Over Cocktails, and that's where you can check out the official merch or the Patreon page. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk crime another time. Bye, guys. Mm -hmm.